Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm really excited for you to meet our next guest. His name is Justin Reeder, and Justin and I have become friends because we share a passion for the value of life. Uh, Justin has been doing some amazing work with an organization that he started called Love Life. It's spreading all across the country. It's taking churches by storm. And by that, I mean, we're seeing revival in places uh, where churches were more or less inactive in this area of pro-life. Justin, thanks for joining us. Kirk, thanks so much for having me on. So, Justin, talk, talk to everybody a little about uh, Love Life. What is Love Life? We don't want to know about your love life. We want to know about the ministry called Love Life and, uh, and what you're doing. Yeah, so the, the whole ministry is geared towards the local church. We want to unite and mobilize the church to create a culture of love and life that would result to an end to abortion and the orphan crisis. We believe the church is the greatest organism on the face of the planet. And uh, when we see the church activated, we see the church stirred, uh, strongholds start to come down. People stop running to the abortion clinics for the answer, and they start running to the local church. So Love Life is simply a tool. It's a mechanism uh, to come alongside of pastors, to come alongside of the church, to see the church be activated in our city. You were a businessman. You've got this uh, truck washing business, and then you become a pro-life champion. Take us through that journey. My background is the marketplace. I've been in business for 16 years. I started a company when I was 20 years old. Uh, we've been doing discipleship training in the marketplace. I believe there's no separation between ministry and the marketplace. When you have Jesus in your heart, it's all full-time ministry. And so we were doing a lot of things uh, in the marketplace you know, with ministry. But a lot changed for me when our friends invited me out to our local abortion clinic and exposed me to the reality of what was happening in our backyard. And one of the first things I noticed, Kirk, is that I've been doing business with a company right down the street for almost 10 years, and I never even knew this abortion clinic existed in my city, which is exactly part of Satan's plan to keep him out of sight, out of mind. And, uh, but when I stood in front of that abortion clinic, it was no longer uh, a political talking point. It was no longer something that you would just hear about on CNN or Fox News. It became personal. It was real. It was right in front of me as I saw moms walking into the abortion clinic, some that were visibly pregnant, you know, 20, maybe 20 weeks pregnant. We do abortions all the way up to 20 weeks here in North Carolina, Visib visibly pregnant, walking into these places with tears running down their face and then walking back out a few minutes later to their car, sitting in their car. And we're just out there praying, and I'm just broken over what I'm, I'm seeing in, in our city, having no idea that this reality even took place in our city. For whatever reason, I just I, I didn't know about it, Kirk, until I stood there in front of that place. And then the mom would go back in, and then she would go back out. And it was this intense spiritual battle that you could feel, but it, it was literally manifesting itself in the physical right before me as I saw this struggle of life and death play out right before my eyes. And this, this mom was not the only one there. There was about 30 moms there for an abortion that day. 
And I just was broken over the reality of what was happening in our own backyard and how we were doing nothing about it. So I had to go through my own repentance journey and, and letting the Lord deal with me and break my heart for what breaks is. And because the reality is I had become numb. I had become callous, like many of us, to the reality of abortion in our city. But it was when I stood there, it became real, became personal for me. Yeah, and I think it's so easy for that to happen because our culture uh, uses phrases like, well, women's health care and reproductive rights and, and, and these kinds of acceptable terms that really whitewash what the issue really is. But you've talked to me about how God sort of impressed upon your mind this idea that if this was a, a school with young children and maybe they weren't infants in the womb, but maybe two or three years old, uh, that that would perhaps invoke a different response from people. Yeah, it really all starts with the question. And this was the question that the Lord asked me when I was staying in front of the abortion clinic. Do you really believe it's a life? Do I believe that the value of the life is the same in the womb as it is outside of the womb? I have four kids. I have an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. And the Lord just started to ask me, you know, do you, do you believe that the value of the life at 10 weeks is the same value of the life at 10 months outside of the womb? And if it is, if the value is the same, then this is no different than a school shooting. This is no different than any other terrorist oh. attack. Moms are walking in there with two hearts beating and only one walking out. And the Lord has started to, to, to make these connections for me. If this was a school shooting, what would be our response? Well, FBI, the SWAT, the police, everybody would be running to the scene, including the church would be running to the scene, right? To offer help, to offer counseling and comfort and prayer and support to those families that were involved in a school shooting. And so I started to ask the question, well, where is the church then at abortion centers in our city? Do we really believe it's a life? Do we really believe the value of the life is the same? And if it is, then my life has to look drastically different after today. And that's the question I had to ask. And I came to the conclusion that God sees zero difference between the life in the womb and the life outside of the womb. And you see this in scripture, you see it in science, but just one place to point it out to in scripture, Luke chapter one and Luke chapter two. Luke chapter one describes the baby leaping in Elizabeth's womb, John the Baptist leaping in Elizabeth's womb. The very next chapter, it describes Jesus, the baby lying in the manger. And Kirk, the key is that the same word is used in Luke chapter one as used in Luke chapter two, beret folks. The same word to describe the baby in the womb is the same word to describe Jesus outside of the womb. In other words, God sees zero difference between the two. You, you talked about how once this became so personal to you, and of course, this is a really difficult issue because it's, you talk about s the SWAT team and the FBI, and, and yet, my goodness, this is also, also wrapped in tremendous amount of fear and, and a sense of, of, of maybe hopelessness and no other options in the mind of the mom who has to make this difficult, difficult decision. You brought some friends down to the clinic. You wanted to bring other people into this experience. You brought your pastor, you brought your, your employees from your business there to pray. And as you guys began to pray, people began to personalize this whole issue and you saw Christians coming to life in a brand new way. Talk about that. Yeah, the, the solution for this is the family of God. It's the church. And so, 
you know, I had to start in my own heart first. God convicted me, go through my own repentance journey. And then I went to my office, went back to my office. I called a staff meeting. I told our staff about what I encountered that day. And then I invited them down to the abortion clinic for them to see it for themselves, my pastor, my family, my friends, so on and so on. And through that process, uh, through a couple of years, they're just getting activated with different pregnancy care centers. I was in a season of prayer and fasting, and the Lord spoke to me um, in my prayer clause that I've called you to the least of these, and I've called you to be a voice for the voiceless. And over the course of about a week, God has started waking me up in the middle of the night, downloading a strategy and a plan of how to mobilize the church in our city to offer the help that you just talked about, Kirk, to offer the solutions that are needed uh, to come alongside of these moms, to come alongside of these dads, to get Christians out to these dark places, these mission fields in our city, to offer the hope of the gospel and the help of the local church. And we launched in 2016, we, we call the ministry Love Life, because uh, we love life. Jesus loves life, all life, life in the womb, life outside of the womb. And since we launched in 2016, we've seen over 500 churches now come together across denominational lines, over 100,000 people that have now come out to the abortion clinics to do prayer walks, to get exposed to the reality of what's happening in our city, just like I got exposed to. And we now have seen, because of the churches immobilized, over 3,500 families that have made the choice for life at the abortion clinics. These are people that showed up for scheduled abortions and heard the hope of Jesus and were offered the help of the local church for us to come alongside them, to disciple them, to mentor them, and so on. Justin, I love the strategy that you use by calling shepherds and pastors to really step up and lead the way for the family of faith. And talk about the, the, the Adopt-A-Week program. I think that's particularly interesting. The Lord gave us a strategy to bring the church along on a journey, and it comes right out of Nehemiah chapter 1 through 3. This is where the Lord had me in my Bible reading when he started to download the strategy. And again, it comes right out of Nehemiah chapter 1 through 3. How did Nehemiah begin the rebuilding of the city? Well, he had to hear about it first. He had to understand that the walls were broken down and the gates were burning with fire. So it all begins with this education, this hearing. And that's what we ask pastors to do with their congregation on Sunday morning, to educate your people about the reality of our city, the condition of our city. And what does God's word say about life? What does God's word say about the value of life? And then we, then we move them to prayer and fasting, right? Which is the same journey on Wednesday. That's right. Of their adopting, of, of their adoption week when they're partnering with Love Life. Just like Nehemiah did, he turned to prayer and fasting, weeping and mourning. It, it begins with that. It's a spiritual battle that must be fought with spiritual weapons. And then on Saturday, they come out to a prayer walk. It's a, it's a hour and a half prayer walk out at the abortion clinic. We operate under a code of conduct. Not asking people to go out there and, and storm the abortion clinics. Uh, we're there to pray. We're there to worship. We're there to give testimonies, but expose them to the reality of what's happening in their backyard. That's yeah. the go piece, which is, again, same thing Nehemiah did. He didn't stay in his palace and pray. What did he do? He left the palace and he went to the brokenness. He went to Jerusalem to examine the walls personally for himself. Yeah. And we're just giving the church an opportunity to get on a mission trip, to leave the palace get into the ditch, to get into the brokenness of our city, and to begin doing ministry. And at the end of the prayer walk, we just simply say, what is God calling you to do? Is he calling you to mentor a mom or dad who makes the choice for life, to get involved 
in foster care or adoption or become a sidewalk counselor, whatever it is, we want to come alongside you to see the church activated in this city. Everybody can do something, and you provide so many ways for people within churches to find a way to exercise their gifts and their talents uh, who have this passion for uh, seeing a culture of life come about. I also uh, wanted you to share the story about uh, one young mom who made that decision for life and how that one decision began to affect others. Tell, tell a, a little bit about Alicia's story. Uh, so Alicia showed up to Planned Parenthood there in Southern California, uh, was there for an abortion, but she was met by a sidewalk counselor named Anna who was offering her help. She was offering her the hope of the gospel and the help of the local church. And she just simply said, your baby has 10 fingers and 10 toes, and we are here to help you. Please don't kill your baby today. And uh, she began to have conversation with her. She makes the choice for life. Uh, she gets connected with her relationally and says, hey, we want to come alongside you. We want to disciple you, bring you into the family of God. Well, she invites her to Easter uh, service that was happening that week. This was at uh, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. Alicia comes to church with Anna. Uh, Pastor Jack gives uh, a, a, an invitation at the end for people to, to begin following Jesus. She stands up, runs to the altar, gives her life to Jesus, and then gets baptized a few months after that. Uh, God's doing amazing things in her life. Her baby girl was just born a few weeks ago. And uh, the church is surrounding this family, discipling her, walking with her on her on her journey. And now Alicia's even going out to the prayer walk in Southern California. She was just there a couple of weeks ago. And God is even using her to minister to other moms that are showing up for abortion. This is what happens when the church shows up. This is what happens when the church uh, shows up to the dark places of our city and lets the light shine. It it touches so many. It's not just the baby. It's it's not even just the mom. It's the Annas. It's the it's the church that's that's living on mission and getting to disciple uh, people that they maybe never would have encountered otherwise. Listen, when we come back, we're going to talk with Justin a little bit more about what all of us can do right now to help women who are considering abortions. Justin, here at Takeaways, we're passionate about having conversations with bright, articulate, compassionate guests like you that are action-oriented because we don't want to just talk about stuff. We want to do things that actually make a difference. So let me ask you this question. How do you explain your stance on abortion, something that is uh, very politically charged these days? Yeah, so we, we kind of reshape the whole conversation. We don't believe this is pro-life. Uh, pro-choice or pro-life, pro-death, however you want to call it. For for followers of Jesus, we just believe that this is loving God and loving our neighbor as ourselves. Uh, and so we really, that's the conversation that we have when we approach pastors and we approach other, other individuals. This is our neighbor. This is a human. And we are called to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And so this is really the great commandment. It's about loving God and loving people. That's really, it's, it's really that simple for us. Uh, we believe that, you know, it's a, it's a life in the womb. Humans never have produced um, a dog or a cat from the womb. It's always a human being. Uh, we know that it's a life in there. We have 3D ultrasound that proves it. We have the heartbeat that's only at a couple of weeks after conception. 
Uh, but we kind of get away from honestly even a lot of those things. We just say that this is this is our neighbor, this is a human being, and as a follower of Jesus, we are called to love God yeah. and to love people, and and that's where we stand. I, I love I love the way that you put this. You say you know this love life is really not so much about. Um, pro-life ministry as much as it is just Christianity 101. This is just loving your, right. na- loving your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. And what, what, what I also love is that we're not just loving these moms and these dads who are coming to the clinic with this very difficult situation uh, and not just loving the babies, but actually giving our brothers and sisters inside the church a way to activate their faith to put feet to their faith and actually experience a personal revival, enabling them to begin to show people a little bit of heaven on earth. That's exactly right, Kirk. We always say if we could boil down what we do into one word, it's repentance. We are calling the Mm. church to live out repentance. We're giving them a vehicle to live it out. You know, repentance is not just a prayer. It might begin with a prayer. It might begin with a confession, but true repentance never ends with a prayer. First John three sixteen and 18 says, this is how you know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and our sisters, not just with words, but with action and yeah. in truth. And so we're just giving the church a, a vehicle to live out repentance, to live out love, in action. And it's amazing what happens when believers start doing this. Personal revival starts coming to them. Revival starts coming into their family. Revival starts coming into their church family and so on and so on. We are seeing revival take place in our, in our cities because the church is coming alive. What we hear all the time is from pastors is the congregation that I brought out to the prayer walk is a completely different congregation that I brought back with me. We are seeing their young people get activated and stirred in every way, not just over the issue of life, over the issue of just loving God and loving what he loves and hating what he hates. It's not just over the issue of abortion. It's really a a true following of Jesus is what we're seeing awaken in people, young and old and everybody in between. We've seen churches that have literally been next door to abortion clinics for a decade that weren't involved, that weren't engaged at all, that now are fully activated, pastors that have stood up in front of their congregation, publicly repented for their lack of action, and, and have led their people to take action in their city. It's, it's really amazing. We have to reframe the conversation. This is, these are mission fields in our city. There's 700, about 700 abortion centers in America right now. These are 700 mission fields. And there's only a Christian witness at about two to 300 of those currently. We only know where innocent humans are scheduled to die at abortion clinics. Therefore, we should be there. Absolutely. And what I love is that when the light shows up, the darkness has to flee. Uh, You can try that little experiment uh, in your own home. Just go into a dark room, you turn on the light, and the darkness cannot extinguish it. And what I've learned from you is that when the family of faith shows up, in places like Charlotte, North Carolina, at an abortion clinic, that abortions decrease as much as 70% just because there is a Christian witness there. 
That's amazing. And, I, and, and, and it makes sense because you, you've also pointed out that sometimes uh, you talk to these moms and they say, you know, I was praying before I came here that if God wants me to keep my baby, he would give me a sign. Just show me a sign. And then here you guys are and you want to pray with me and you want to talk with me and you want to give me options. We have the hope. The issue is not the darkness. The issue has been the absence of light. And that is what Love Life is geared towards, is just helping turn the lights on in our city. So if people want to get involved with Love Life Ministries, how can they do that? Lovelife.org is the best way. Go to our website. we got ways for you to connect with us. We're in 14 cities across the nation. We're planning to launch 14 more next year. Uh, you can help us do that. Go to our website. All the information is on our website. You have kids and, and I have kids. What do you think is the best way for us to sort of uh, instill this value for life in the hearts and minds of our kids. We've got to pass the torch. And uh, what, what do you find is the most effective way to do that? We take our kids out to the prayer walks every opportunity that we get. Uh, we pray for the abortionists by name. Uh, we, we, my kids have gotten to hold the babies that have made the choice for life. They've been in relationship um, with their, their mothers, been in relationship even with ex-abortion workers. Mm. We get our kids in the battle. We get our kids in the fight. If you want to raise warriors for Jesus, you have to raise them in the battle. The most dangerous place for your kids is not at the abortion clinic on mission. The most dangerous place for your kids is at home in front of the television. So I just want to encourage everybody, get your kids involved in this ministry. Nehemiah rebuilt the city family next to family. And so this is something that we do as a family. It's the way that we disciple our kids how to follow the Lord. More is caught than taught. And if they see us loving God and loving our neighbor and serving others, even at personal cost to ourselves, and we bring them into that work, that's the best way for them to learn those things. And we, we talk about it with our kids when they're sitting down, when they rise up, when we take them to school, when we're at the grocery store or on the soccer field, and they see us sacrificing our time to serve other people and we ask them to join it, uh, us in that work, that's the best way for us to teach them. That's discipleship and the most important discipleship happening right inside of your house. Hi, I'm Kirk Cameron. Thanks for listening to this episode of Takeaways. If you love the conversations that we're having, please follow or subscribe to this podcast to never miss any of this great content. And please consider leaving a positive rating and a review to help others like you discover this show.